This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Learn more at exactsciences.com. Welcome to On the Cover, a weekly Mad Splainers feature. I'm podcast producer Natalie Yar, and each week I sit down with the reporter behind our latest cover story to find out why it matters. Today I'm talking with Cap Times K-12 education reporter Scott Gerard, who got an exclusive interview with Jane Belmore, who just wrapped up her year as the Madison School's interim superintendent. Welcome to the podcast, Scott. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be back. Nice to have you. So this was the second time that Jane Belmore has been tapped to lead when the school district has been between superintendents. Who was Belmore before, and how has she become this go-to for filling in these gaps? So uh, she spent nearly three decades in the district as a teacher and elementary school principal, and then she was an assistant superintendent before ending her time here uh, in 2005. Following that, she spent some time as a professor and then later a dean at Edgewood School of Education. Uh, So I think her long history with the district really is a good fit for the boards who are looking for an interim. You know, there's lots of considerations they have to take into account when they're hiring someone. Uh, You know, you want someone who's familiar with the community, but you need to consider uh, how an internal promotion could impact the search for a permanent position. Uh, And so finding someone who is familiar with the district, but not necessarily looking for that permanent position, uh, which Jane they knew was not, really fit for what they were looking for this year, especially knowing they had two big priorities going in which were getting the referendums on the ballot and hiring a new superintendent. So they found someone whose familiarity offered uh, them the opportunity to work on those things. Uh, Gloria Reyes, the school board president, actually called her last summer to ask for some advice on qualities they should look for in an interim superintendent, given that she had held the job before. And then a few weeks later, called back to offer her the position, something that uh, Jane told me she was not expecting and required some thought. But apparently she had uh, the qualities that uh, the board was looking for. That's funny. And what makes a person who's been retired for years want to come back to the job? Yeah, based on what Dr. Belmore told me, uh, she felt like she was in a position to, and, and this is a quote from her, quote, hold the district in a steady place. You know, so given her previous experience in the interim job, you know, she felt she was going to be able to balance the short term and long term considerations that an interim has to take into account. Uh, There's things you have to do and respond to in the moment that require immediate decisions. And we certainly saw plenty of those this year. But you also have to consider how those decisions position a permanent person to come in and create their vision for the district. Uh, So she told me she felt comfortable with the community coming in, that she wouldn't be a a surprise to people, that they would, you know, have some expectations for how she'd work in the job because of her familiarity. Uh, And then I think she just loves the district. And, you know, she was an educator earlier in her life and cares a lot about students. So wanted to uh, come back when asked. Yeah, And this time around, Belmore was at the helm as Madison Schools made this unplanned move to virtual instruction due to the pandemic. But you note in your story that this wasn't the first pivotal moment that she's led the district through. 
That's right. Uh, so back in her first interim stint in the 2012-13 school year, uh, that was uh, about a, a year after the state legislature had approved Act 10, which changed relationships between uh, school districts and their unions. So her administration helped to develop an employee handbook, which was replacing the collective bargaining agreements that had historically governed working conditions for staff and MMSD. Uh, so those couple years around Act 10 were uh, just a major change for unions and employees in Wisconsin in many ways. And those changes are still being felt. You know, this year, uh, there was some controversy toward the end of Belmore's tenure over some proposed employee handbook changes. Well, though the administration continued to push those changes, despite uh, the union not being in support, and they were able to do that because of those Act 10 changes. Uh, before Act 10, uh, any of those changes would have needed to be collectively bargained. Now uh, the district can unilaterally make decisions. The board ultimately decided to ask the two entities to go back to the discussion table to, to work out their disagreement over it. But it shows how significant that process that she was part of eight years ago was. Mm. And looking at this year that Belmore just wrapped up, what were some of the biggest challenges this time that the district faced in addition to adapting to the pandemic? You know, it's it's really hard to look beyond the pandemic in so many ways, uh, thinking about the fact that that was really only five months ago that it began to impact schools. Uh, is is hard to believe, honestly, uh, given everything that's happened in the five months since. But there were a number of things before March that really would have made for quite a year for an interim under normal circumstances. Uh, so thinking back to October, first of all, a West security guard was fired for using the N-word in telling a student not to call him the N-word after the student had done that. Marlon Anderson's story got national attention. Uh, the New York Times reported on it. Cher called Marlon Anderson, and eventually his job was reinstated. That incident led to a reconsideration of a previous uh, zero-tolerance practice on racial slurs by staff. Belmore told me that she had already been hoping to change that practice when she started because she felt that it wasn't the right way to go. Uh, well, the new practice is still being refined a bit. That'll allow... Uh, Carlton Jenkins, the new superintendent, to have some say in how it turns out. But that was a, a major incident. Uh, you know, it led to a walkout of more than a thousand students and staff from West High School, from West to the administration building. So that was a very noteworthy incident. Then in December, uh, a few different things made the news. Uh, so an East High School teacher was arrested and eventually charged for allegedly filming students in their hotel rooms while on field trips for a club he advised. Obviously a very uh, serious incident for all of the students that that teacher has worked with. Uh, I was in the courtroom for his initial appearance and uh, the emotion coming from many students who, who showed up that day was just very powerful to to experience. And, and so she, uh, Dr. Belmore, had to help navigate the district's response to that. There was a BB gun incident at Jefferson Middle School that month. And combined with the fallout from an email that was sent to families about that incident led to the principal resigning in January, uh, factored into that. Uh, and then a student and parent at Lowell Elementary reported that a teacher picked up the student and choked him while carrying him out of a room from behind. That incident, along with some of the school's communications to families about it, led to months of back and forth between the parent 
along with the group that formed to support her and the school administration. And uh, so there was a lot of trust things going on there and and questions about the district and others' responses to certain incidents uh, that happened throughout the year. Yeah, and these were all unexpected incidents that the district didn't know it would have to respond to. This all came on top of all of the challenges that they knew were coming this year. Correct. So going in, as I mentioned earlier, the two biggest priorities for the school board were getting the referendums on the November ballot this year and hiring a new superintendent. Um, So the referendums, which are now set for that ballot, there was a lot of work early in the school year, community outreach, planning. And then just as they were prepared to put them on the November ballot in March, COVID had arrived and they decided to wait. Uh, So the plans really stayed the same as they were at that point. But uh, there's just been quite a lot of community work before that that went into that that Jane Belmore had to lead. And she talked about the importance of uh, the central office leadership team and sort of having already done some of that planning work before she arrived. And uh, then their work after she did arrive, uh, specifically, she mentioned uh, Chad Weezy and Kelly Ruppel as, as really leading that effort and talked a lot during our interview about how appreciative she was of their work on that subject. Um, and then this one is sort of still pandemic connected, but uh, they ended up doing two superintendent searches. As Jane told me in our interview, she was happy to see the board hire two really great candidates this year. But the first of those actually ended up staying in his Texas school district because he wanted to help see his community through from the follow from the pandemic. But that meant she had to sort of uh, deal with that uncertainty of what would come after her interim post was up for a couple months. Uh, You know, they thought they had her replacement set in January. And then from about the end of March until really until uh, Carlton Jenkins was hired in July, it was unclear what exactly was going to happen next. So uh, she had to kind of see that through and and work with the board to figure out how to navigate that. Uh, She did tell me repeatedly that she's very happy with the hiring of Carlton Jenkins. This podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences. Join the Madison-based team working to lead earlier cancer detection. Visit exactsciences.com to view the company's hundreds of open jobs. So has Belmore's post-retirement career been more influential than her nearly 30 years as a teacher and principal? That depends on the type of influence we're talking about. In the superintendent position, you certainly can affect more people with any single decision than you can as a teacher or principal just because you're overseeing the district of 27,000 students, whereas any principal is, uh, you know, generally their decisions are going to impact their subset of that student body. But I think the personal influence you have on students in those school-based positions Uh, is probably more influential, at least in the way I think of that word. Uh, Jane was actually my principal for a few years in elementary school, and I remembered that. Uh, When I started this job last September, uh, I went up to her at a school board meeting and introduced myself and said, Hi, Jane, I'm Scott. You know, it's pretty weird to call you Jane because I always knew you as Miss Belmore when you were my principal. And so I remembered that. I'm not sure if students this past year will remember that she was their interim superintendent. That said, you know, she also acknowledged during her interview she didn't get out to schools as much as she'd hoped to this school year. And that's certainly one way that superintendents can have that more personal influence. Um, when we talked about trust, she really emphasized 
the importance of teachers and principals in building that. You know, she said, well, she hopes people trust her as the superintendent. Ultimately, that is less important than them trusting their building principal or their classroom teacher who they're going to interact with much more regularly as much as a daily basis. Um, so I think that also offers a window into how she thinks of influence. Definitely. So Belmore has now passed the reins to Carlton Jenkins, the new superintendent. What did she tell you about what she expects from that transition? She's very excited. Uh, she told me multiple times she thinks he's the right person at the right time for Madison. Uh, she really emphasized the importance of trust, again, both from him to the community and the community to him, uh, to give him a chance to bring his leadership skills and experience to Madison and make the best of them for this district. And how do you anticipate his leadership style will differ from Belmore's? Yeah, I mean, I think one thing he's already shown is uh, the way he got out into the community on his first day in the job. Uh, so he visited the family from Lowell Elementary School that I mentioned earlier, uh, apologized for what happened, talked about steps for moving forward for the student. You know, I think being an interim is in a challenging position because if you have your personal face on too many things, the community can trust you and maybe not the district as an entity. And that can create a challenge for the new person coming in because they then have to compete with that person. They're not part of the entity that's trusted. They're competing with the person who was there right before them. So I think she may have done a little less of that sort of direct outreach than Dr. Jenkins will. Whether that's you know style or not, I'm not sure. But I think just simply having someone in the permanent position will allow for a bit more of that sort of outreach. And, and that outreach is something he's emphasized at every point of the process, uh, from his public interview here to his introductory press conference. Uh, he really wants to partner with the community and believes community involvement is the only way the district's going to be successful. Yeah. Lots more to come on that. Uh, do you think this is the last we'll see of Jane Belmore? As an interim superintendent, I'd say yes. Uh, if she's back in that role, it would mean probably a lot went wrong with this hiring. Uh, board member Ananda Marilli said during a uh, goodbye to Dr. Belmore, quote, this is one of those moments. It's bittersweet. I hope we'll never call you again. Um, and, you know, she added later that if they do call her again, they hope it's not for asking her to be an interim again. You know, uh, Dr. Belmore is in her early 70s. And I think after this year is, is ready to move into more of a kind of community member supporting the district role. Uh, in between her interim stints, she told me she worked uh, with the Rennebaum Foundation on some early childhood zone work on the city's north side. She said she has a few follow-up things related to that she wants to do and wants to remain involved with the Foundation for Madison's Public Schools as well. So it, it might be the last time she's in my news articles for a while, uh, but if she said the schools are part of the Madison community, she's part of the Madison community, so she doesn't really feel like she's leaving MMSD even as she wrapped up her time in this position. Definitely. Scott, thank you as always for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Cap Times K-12 education reporter Scott Gerard who follows the district through superintendent searches, pandemics, and all. Tune in next week for a conversation about our next cover story. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to The Madsplainers on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you do your listening, and leave us a review while you're there. Also, be sure to check out our other podcasts, including The Corner Table, all about food and drink in Madison, and Wedge Issues, all about state politics. Until next time, thanks for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Once again, be sure to learn more at exactsciences.com.